الحمد لله وكفى وسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعد أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم إنما الحياة الدنيا لعب وله وزينة وتفاخر بينكم وتكاثر في الأموال والأولاد سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين الحمد لله رب العالمين اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم The next section of the book الأربعين في أصول الدين is the is dunya which is the love of this world dunya so imam ghazali begins by saying know that the love of the world is the head of every sin know that the love of the world is the head of every sin and this is established in a statement of the prophet where he says dunya that the love of this world is the is is the head of every sin uh, and then he says, The world is not merely an expression for wealth and status. Rather, they are two of the world's fortunes and two of its branches with their, which are manifold. So there's a lot more to this world than just wealth and status. And that was kind of what we had covered in the section yesterday. Um, and al saying there's far more to it than that. Your world is an expression of your state before death. And your afterlife is an expression of your state after death. This is what it is. This is a So there's more to just accumulating wealth or... Uh, accumulating status and then displaying wealth and displaying status for this world and uh, rather this is basically a place where we express ourselves to Allah and the afterlife is an expression of our state that's uh, that's sort of the definition then he quotes a few ayat Allah Ta'ala says verily we have made what is on the earth an adornment for it so that we may test who is the best indeed Meaning there's no question that there's beauty in this world and there are things that are attractive in this world. People, places, sights, uh, aspirations. I mean, these are th- the goals that people have. These are attractive and there's no question about it. But this has been purposely beautified by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and adorned by Allah for one purpose and one purpose alone. amala As a test. That's the purpose for the adornment of this world. And then he continues. Um, Allah ta'ala says... Uh, إِنَّمَا الْحَيَاةُ الدُّنْيَا لَعِبٌ وَلَهْوٌ وَزِينَةٌ وَتَفَاخُرٌ بَيْنَكُمْ وَتَكَاثُرٌ فِي الْأَمْوَالِ وَالْأَوْلَادِ The life of this world is only a game, an entertainment, an adornment, boasting amongst yourselves, and competing to gain wealth and to have children. It's just basically this world of competition. Everyone's trying to one-up the next person. This includes all of the... And then, then he continues, Al-Ghazali. This includes all of the internal destructive characteristics. So we talked about how the world is adorned with things that are attra- that are attractive and then this includes all the internal destructive characteristics whether pride rancor envy seeking reputation ostentation hypocrisy boasting competition love of the world or love of praise these comprise the internal world and the external world is of actual things things that are tangible things that you can see feel and touch the internal world this is the this is what's comprised of the internal world and all of these um, you could say all of these internal destructive characteristics that he highlights these are characteristics of this dunya. There, we, you won't have hypocrisy and boasting and competition in Jannah. Everyone will be free of these. You won't have to worry about being emotionally or psychologically uh, attacked by, by anyone else. This doesn't exist. There isn't competition for that matter in Jannah. Everyone has what they want to have. And that's, that's eternal bliss where you don't have to deal with the headaches of this world. As for your effort... To rectify it, this is the t- rectify it meaning um, 
rectify this dunya knowing that it's it's a place of uh, th- that it's not an it's not a pure uh, it's, it's, it's a place that has difficulty and a place that isn't perfect he says as for your effort to rectify it meaning to make it better this is the totality of industry and vocations that the creation is preoccupied with meaning our jobs and the search for careers and are just our constant um, constant uh, search for essentially driven by wealth in so being they have forgotten themselves their beginning and their end due to the complete immersion of their preoccupation with it what has preoccupied them is their sentimental attachment for indeed the heart's attachment is to the love of this world's fortune and the body's attachment is to working for its rectification so the heart is driving everything the limbs are carrying out those actions the mind is carrying out whatever lies in the heart but human beings the heart of the human being is attached to this world and then we we basically use our limbs to to make this world better to rectify things this is the reality of the world whose love is the head of every sin it was only created as a source of provision on the journey to the afterlife however the abundance of its distractions and varieties of its desirable things has made fools forget about their journey and their objectives this is just a rest stop essentially on a journey we're part of this journey and the journey um began before we entered into this world and the journey is going to continue after we pass away from this world and we're simply basically at a rest stop like if we were at a, if we were if we were stopping by somewhere at a rest area like we're driving from here to indianapolis for instance and we're driving we stop at a rest area you're going to exactly you're going to use the world exactly you're going to use that rest stop exactly how it needs to be used you're going to go there you may have to relieve yourself you may have to quickly freshen up you may purchase something to eat and then you're going to get right back in your car and you're going to get on the way you're not going to get caught up distracted at the rest area and then begin to appreciate the ceiling tiles and how beautiful they look and i wonder if if i was to design it this way maybe it would be it would look better maybe if we were to uh change the uh the the landscaping i think this rest stop would look a little bit better that's not the purpose of the rest stop and and everyone appreciates that you know you're not going to get uh you're not going to you're only, you're going to use it exactly how you need to use it and you aren't going to get caught up in its uh beautification you're not going to get stuck there essentially uh because that's not the purpose purpose is to is to use it and move on um so a, a person who's wise begins to realize that so he then continues so he gives a, 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 an example that um maybe we can all relate to uh, maybe we can relate to so he says the likeness of the creation in regards to the world is the likeness of people riding a ship that stops at an island the captain orders them to get off in order to relieve themselves yet alerts them to the danger of the area and that the ship will set sail quickly so the people split up on the island some of them relieve themselves immediately return to the ship and find a vast empty place to sit they're doing exactly what the captain instructed them to do number 1 and number 2 they're using using the island for the purpose in this case that it was for their journey their destination is not the island they're going somewhere else the island is simply for the purpose of relieving themselves and then uh, returning back to the island and then finding a place back on the ship to sit you don't want to lose your spot so the, this uh, this is sort of analogous to that person who enters into this world who's completely focused on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala they come into this world they do what they need to do they and then they they move on from this world and this has been the case of all of the prophets this has been the case of the sahaba people of piety since the time of adam alayhi salam have been doing this exact same thing recognizing that this is this that island they come do their thing and they leave and millions of people before us have left and they've succeeded in in this they've continued on with their journey and now they're perhaps enjoying the fruits of 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 the akhirah already 
So then he said, some of them, the second group, stopped to look at the island's flowers, streams, elegant stones, and wondrous plant life, and they listened to the birds singing. They returned to the boat, yet do not find any place to sit except the tight corner. Seashells and rocks whose beauty astonishes them enthrall some of them. Their selves will not allow them to leave except after taking souvenirs. Um, they find only tight space on the ship. The shells and rocks they took increase their weight and discomfort, and they are not able to dispose of them. Since they cannot find a spot, they hold the rocks and shells on their necks and are weighted down by the load. So this group of people, they, they are on the path. They're, they haven't left the path. They are continuing on the path. Um, so if you were to take the analogy, analogy for instance, that the, the path is simply the, the, the journey is the path in general. And the dunya is the island. Well, these people, they are weighing themselves down in the dunya. They're making their dunya a little bit difficult. They're holding themselves back tribulations, turmoil, etc. because they're because of what they've sort of brought onto themselves. And uh, but they're they're still on the path. But this also highlights the benefits of not attaching to the world in terms of being simplistic and simplicity. The more simple a person lives their life, the less headache they have to deal with. The more complicated we make our lives, the more headaches we're going to bring into our life as well. And the Prophet Sallallahu exemplifies simplicity. Right? He was from the first group of people. He came, did what he needed to do, and he moved on. And when he lived in this world, he was very simplistic in, in everything. His relationships were simple. He was very frank in his statements. There wasn't this complex, you know, what's happening in the background type. Uh, he, was, he lived very simply. So that's the second group of people. Maybe some of us are in that group. And then there's a third group. Some engage in exploring the thickets of plant life. They forget about the ship and are preoccupied with looking at flowers and picking fruit. However, it is a visual enjoyment not devoid of fear from predatory animals or caution from plunging over a cliff or other disasters. Meaning that there's the captain warned them, look, this world, this, this island, there's going to be predatory animals. You have to be careful. So basically do what you need to do and get out quickly, right? Don't, don't spend too much time there. When they return to the sh ship, they do not find it and they're left on the shore. Then they are mauled by a predatory animal or torn apart by a vermin. This is the picture of the world in relation to its place next to the afterlife. Think deeply about this and extract the parallel aspects within it if you are an insightful person. A person who is completely engrossed in the dunya, they get eaten up alive. They're eaten up alive by the dunya because this is a place of musibah. You, you might have ease for a period of time. And you might have happiness for a period of time. But eventually it completely, that, but then even that is lost. And you get eaten up by the by all of the, the adversity that this, the contain, that's contained within this world. Okay, so then the next section. On the world's enmity toward the afterlife. Whoever knows himself, his Lord, the world's adornment, and the afterlife witnesses through the light of insight. The word Imam Ghazali uses actually basira. Witnesses through the light of basira, the world's enmity, which basically means the ability to see. The ability to see and, and see beyond what the eyes can see. So whoever knows himself, his Lord, the world's adornment, and the afterlife witnesses through the light to, through the light of basira, the world's enmity toward the afterlife. Uh, like dunya mal'una, the Prophet said one in one verse that the the world is 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 cursed. dunya mal'una, um, it is decisively unveiled to him that there is no happiness in the afterlife unless a person meets Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, knowing and loving Him. A person of basira who uh, witnesses. Through his through his basira, uh, that there isn't 
that, that that her witnesses through their experience in this world and then their understanding of the hereafter that ultimately my goal is to please my uh, Allah and I need to know him and I need to love him before I actually meet him. That's what he's saying. There's no happiness in the afterlife unless a person meets Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knowing and loving him. If we spend our world not knowing who Allah is and not loving Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and then we're in the hereafter, then who knows? If we, if we don't spend our time in this world getting to know Allah, well then how are we going, then what is our interaction going to be with Allah? We're going to be caught by surprise when we're standing before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the day of judgment. You know, ideally we would, we would get to know some of his attributes before we left this world. Love is not achieved except through constant remembrance. So constant dhikr. Love is not achieved, meaning love of Allah is not achieved uh, except through constant remembrance. And we've, we've spoken about this. And knowledge is not achieved except through constantly seeking and thinking. Um, so talab, which is seeking and, and, and thinking, fikr. So constantly seeking and uh, constantly seeking and constantly thinking. No one is at leisure to do so unless that person turns away from the material world's distractions. Knowledge and love do not conquer the heart so long it is as it is not free from loving other than Allah. If you desire that the knowledge of Allah and the knowledge of deen conquer your heart, uh, which is the goal of, of all of us, this is why we're here. If we desire that the love of Allah conquer our heart, Imam Ghazali is saying that know that it is... Um, it, that it can only be accomplished if the heart is, uh, if the heart loves of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The heart's being free from other than Allah is integral to its being busy with loving and knowing Allah. Meaning that basically, a way to think about it is there's Allah and there's Ghayrullah. There is Allah and there's everything except Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Ghayrullah cannot exist in the heart if you want the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to exist in the heart. They don't coexist. Uh, there's only space for, for one of them. This is inconceivable for anyone. So the heart's being free from other than Allah is integral to its being busy with loving and knowing Allah. This is inconceivable for anyone other than the one who turns away from the world and is content with an amount of it necessary for the traveler. Meaning, if you want to, in, if you want to engross yourself and indulge yourself in this world, then know that there isn't space in your heart for the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then he says, if you are amongst the insightful basira, if you're amongst those that have basira, then you will have become from among the people of experience and direct witnessing. If you are not from among them, then be from among the people of blind following in regards to faith and examine Allah's warning to you through the book and through the sunnah. So there's two, two groups of people he's saying when it comes to this issue, which is hubud dunya. If you are among those that have basira, that have insight, then you will have become from amongst the people of experience and direct witnessing. And this maybe tends to be people that either have knowledge or the people that are more senior than us, right? Our elders, uh, through their experience and through their witnessing, or maybe our own experience and our own witnessing, we recognize that there's nothing here in this dunya. For someone that's actually traversed uh, through this world and maybe experienced a few difficulties, you realize over time that there's nothing here. Things are so attractive, you know, Cars are attractive, homes are attractive, attention is attractive. Um, the uh, the adornments that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created for this world, they're so attractive. Status in the eyes of people, this is attractive. But a person who's sort of experiences over time, they realize there's nothing, there's nothing here. This is just, this dunya is, there's nothing here. The, the real beauty is in the hereafter, in the akhirah. And the way we know this, the way he's saying also is through experience, in that you see that the people that have, um, that have lived in this world and 
no matter how popular they were, no matter how wealthy they were, no matter how much status they had, no matter how elevated they were, quote unquote, in this world, they've all left this world, right? And with experience, you see this with your own eyes. You see people that you grew up with, or people that you, and that you saw were the uh, that were the, the apples of society. And if it were the case, then they would have stayed here for longer because they were such a, a benefit or such a contribution. But then they all leave. So everyone is basically just leaving this world. They're coming and they're leaving. They're coming and they're leaving. So through a person's own experience and through their basita, through their insight, they realize that there's, there's really nothing here. I mean, we're really just here for one purpose. And, and then we have to move on from that world, from this world. So a person begins to realize. So this is the first group of people that, okay, if you're amongst the people of insight, then this is your approach. Then he says, but if you're not from amongst them, you know, maybe you haven't been given insight. Maybe you're younger. Maybe you're, you, you, ha you don't have experience in life. So he said, if you're not from amongst these people, then be from amongst the people that blindly follow in regards to faith and examine Allah's warning to you through the book. Meaning, look at the ayat of the Quran. They're crystal clear. Just blindly follow them and you'll succeed. You don't have to have insight. You don't have to have experience. You don't have to have witnessed how the world has progressed. Just look at the word of Allah. You already believe the Quran. Just take full trust in it. That's it. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, so he says, giving examples of where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is very crystal clear showing this to us. Man kana. That whoever desires a worldly life and its adornment, we give them the full share of reward for their deeds in it. Whatever you want, if, you, if you're desiring the goodness of this world, then you're going to get that and you're only going to get it in this world. Your full share will be given here. Um, he also said, Allah Ta'ala is saying, that is because they love the worldly life more than the afterlife. Allah Ta'ala is very clearly saying that the afterlife is more important than this world, yet we favor this world. Okay, As for he who has transgressed and preferred the worldly life. Transgression and preferring the worldly life are, are used together here. So Allah Ta'ala is saying, Imam Ghazali is saying, fine, if you don't have experience, if you don't want to, uh, if you don't have the experience of this world, you don't have insight, then just accept the simple statements of Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala that's telling you there's nothing here and everything is in the hereafter. Perhaps a third of the Qur'an, this is interesting, perhaps a third of the Qur'an is about censoring the material world and materialistic people. A third of the Qur'an is dedicated to, um, to the, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, The word he, the word the translator uses, censoring. I can, but anyway, um, to downplaying, you can say maybe downplaying the material world and the materialistic people. The Prophet said, "The world and whatever it is in it is cursed, except for the remembrance of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala." This is the hadith that we mentioned earlier. Dunya malunah, malunum ma fiha illa dhikrullah. And there's actually more in the rest of the hadith, but this is what Imam Ghazali says. So everything but the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in this world is accursed. He said, How astonishing is the one who affirms the everlasting abode, yet rushes to the abode of delusions. Meaning there are... just want to make sure I'm not going to cover that later. Right, so how astonishing is it for the one who affirms the everlasting abode, meaning for the believers... It's one thing if you don't believe in Allah, and then fine, you don't believe in the afterlife, then it makes sense that you would you know, participate and engage and indulge in this world because this is what you see, this is what's visible to you in terms of what's attractive. But for the people who affirm that there is an everlasting abode, meaning us, we recognize full well that there is an akhirah, how astonishing is it that we would rush to this abode of complete delusion? He, Salah also said, the world is merely pleasant greenery. Allah creates 
you upon it one generation after another and examines how you act. Again, you come, you leave, you come, you leave. This has been the trend since the time of Adam alayhi salam. No one's no one sticks around. Okay, he said, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has not created a creation more loathsome to him than the material world, meaning more distasteful, you can say, to him than the material world. He has not looked at it since he created it. He's basically created it and said, that's it, because this, this, this is it, this is all this world is. And subhanAllah, it comes in hadith, the Prophet said that for the person who's fasting, every single day in the month of Ramadan, every single day, Jannah is beautified for the fasting person. Every day, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is beautifying Jannah. And look at this world. Millions, billions of people are here and one and done. <laughs> um, he, he said, Whoever wakes while his greatest aspiration in the... Um, so he, he, um, he said, Whoever wakes while his greatest aspiration is the world, meaning the greatest aspiration is this dunya, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has nothing to do with him. Allah attaches four traits to his heart. An aspiration that he will never achieve, uh, work that he will never finish, poverty from which he will never be enriched, and hope that he will never fulfill. This isn't the place to fulfill your hopes and desires. This isn't where it occurs. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala attaches this and he put, puts this in your heart. So now you're basically, if you want to stick here, fine, you're stuck here and this is what's going to happen. Abu Huraira radiallahu ta'ala anhu said, Allah's Messenger وسلم, said, O oh, Abu Huraira, should I not show you the world in its entirety? I said, so Abu Huraira said, I said, yes. So he took my hand and led me to a garbage dump in which there were people's heads, uh, rags, and bones, people that had passed. He said, O oh, Abu Huraira, these heads used to strive for what you strive for and hope, what, and, and hope for what you hope for, or hope for what you hope for. Today they are bones with no skin and shall turn to dust. So, for uh, this is this is interesting because this is the Prophet showing Abu Huraira uh, the reality of this world, and so that that applies to us as well. That if we struggle with this uh, aspect, or uh, we feel that we don't fully understand this world, well then, or, or that this world is transient and that we're going to pass from it, and that we're eventually going to become bones. I was going to say skin and bones, but not even skin, just bones. And, and potentially even those are going to be broken up. Um, then the way to do so is to actually visit the places where people have passed. So go to the graveyards. If a person goes to the graveyard frequently, at some interval, they're constantly reminding themselves that this is actually my final abode. This is what I'm going to become. And the physical bodies, you know, who knows how long the coffins last. But certainly if you're in a community, in certain cities where the, the body is actually buried, uh, without a covering, with just the the shroud, and you and you lower, it. And, and even in the state of Michigan, and they're lowered into the ground. I mean, that body lowered into the ground, but just give it a few you know months, and then everything begins to eat away at, at our bodies. So it's just a reminder for us. Um, it's it's a it's a very um, it's a heavy reminder for us. Okay, so then he sallallahu alaihi wasallam also said. Um, a people will come forth on the day of resurrection with deeds as massive as the Tihama Mountains, which is a, a, a which is a mountain like range, and it will be commanded that they be thrown to hell. They have deeds that are the the sizes of mountains. The companions said, "O Messenger of Allah, did they pray?" He said, "Yes." He said, "Yes." They prayed, fasted, and took some time praying at night. So, we could argue that this is more than we've already done, or that we that we currently are doing. 
prayed, fasted, and took some time praying at night. However, if anything from the material world was shown to them, they jumped for it. Uh, this is the Prophet's statement. Isa alayhi salam said, and so th- he, these are the people um, who will be commanded to be thrown to hell. Isa alayhi salam said, the world and the afterlife do not, Isa alayhi salam, the Prophet Isa alayhi salam said, the world and the afterlife do not, the afterlife do not go together in a believer's heart, just as water and fire do not go together in a single container. You can't combine the dunya and the akhirah. If the dunya is in your heart, then your pursuit is going to be the dunya. If the akhirah is in your heart, then the pursuit is going to be the akhirah. They don't coexist. Know that anyone who thinks that he can be enthralled, or clothed, you can say, in the world with his body, yet avoid it with his heart, is delusional. The Prophet said, The likeness of a worldly person is the likeness of one who walks in water. Is the one who walks in water able to walk without getting his feet wet? You will get wet, inevitably. Isa salam said, The likeness of the seeker of the world is the likeness of the one who drinks the ocean's water. The likeness of the seeker in this world, seeker of this world, who seeks the pleasures or seeks the fruits of this world, is like the one who drinks the ocean's water. The more he drinks, the thirstier he becomes until it kills him. The more you take from this world, the more uh, you are feeding your nafs uh, and, and you are depriving your soul and eventually your soul passes away. And you, eventually your, your soul will pass away such that you will lose your iman altogether. So he's using this analogy of, of drinking ocean water. What is ocean water? It's basically this very salty, hypertonic saline. What would happen? You drink it, and uh, you eventually you drink you drink you drink more. You drink more, you become more thirsty. Why? Because you're becoming dehydrated. Then you drink more, and then you become more thirsty because you're becoming more dehydrated. You're dehydrating yourself. It's this vicious cycle, and then eventually you'll die of dehydration. And this is the same with the dunya. You take more, and then you, you enjoy it. You, 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 you take more, and then you begin to need more. And then you take more, and then you need more. And it's this vicious cycle, and eventually it consumes you until you're completely lost in this world. Know that whoever finds solace, this is the last section, know that whoever finds solace in the world, while he is certain that he will depart from it, is at the pinnacle of foolishness. So, again, we as believers, we have yaqeen that we're going to leave this world. It's not a possibility and it's not that we don't believe it. We 100% believe it. It's perhaps understandable if someone doesn't believe in the Akhirah. But for a group of people that believe in the Akhirah, uh, if we find solace in this world, then this is the pinnacle of foolishness. Rather, the likeness of the world is the likeness of a home, the owner of which has prepared and adorned for, uh, had adorned it for receiving guests. So you have a home you're, and you're hosting people and you've adorned your home for, for receiving guests. Someone enters the home and is offered a golden tray with frankincense, bakhur, and sweet basil to smell and leave it for the next person not to own. So it used to be that you have a tray and there'd be something, you know, something that something that smell good. You offer it to them, they would smell it, sniff it. If there's right, you'd put it on, put it back, and then give it back to the owner. Um, however, he is ignorant of the owner's way of doing things. He doesn't understand, and believes that he was given the tray altogether. The tray was given to him. When the guest's heart becomes attached to the tray. The owner asks for it to be returned. Thus, the guest is angered and hurt. Whoever knows the owner's way of doing things enjoys the tray, thanks the owner, and returns it to him with a good good and open heart. 
You know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has placed us in this world. We thank Him for bringing us into this world, for giving us the opportunity to benefit from what's necessary and, and fruitful from this world. And, and, we, and then we give the world right back. Allah ta'ala, we, we give it right back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We don't keep it attached to ourselves. And there's no way we could because in our grave we, we can't take anything anyway. So then he says, Likewise is Allah's habit in regards to the world. It is a guest home for travelers, not permanent residents. To make preparations and benefit from it, just as an empty home may be benefited from. They leave it for, the, for whoever will come after them with, with goodness and without their hearts forming an attachment. This is the key to this entire section, is that the, the ultimate matter isn't necessarily if a person's participating in this world. It's a matter of if this person's heart is attached to this world. That's, that's, that's the issue. It isn't that a person engages in, in this world. It's that their heart becomes attached to this world. Um, this is the likeness of the world and whatever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created in it. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala um, protect us from, from uh dunya and allow us to utilize this world for what, it's, what it should be used for. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us from difficulties and calamities in this world and protect us from difficulties in the hereafter. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to benefit and inculcate uh, uh, into practice uh, the words of, of the people of piety. وآخر دعوانا الحمد لله رب العالمين